Welcome to Cars, News, and Brews. This is our inaugural episode. Thanks for tuning in to CNNB. I'm your co-host, Grant Torgerson, with our other co-host, Brandon Lubeck. Hey, Brandon, how are you doing today? I'm great, Grant. Hey, we're excited to be here. Again, thanks for tuning in. I'll give you guys a little background on myself here. So we're here to discuss pretty much everything in the automotive industry, from selling cars to hiring new employees at a dealership, talking about some breaking news, and we will talk about some beer and some some adult beverages, if, if, if you will. We, we both uh, enjoy partaking in that type of adventures occasionally. Absolutely enjoy it. So, you know, starting with, with my background, uh, I am actually from a smaller town in Fergus Falls, Minnesota. I grew up playing sports. I love basketball a lot. I ended up going to MSUM, played a little basketball up there. I uh, came down to, to Minneapolis, got involved in an internship at a, one of the big dealerships here in the Twin Cities. Was an intern selling cars for a summer, became a full-time employee. Again, this is during college while I was uh, finishing up my, my, my degree in finance and economics. And once I graduated, I actually sold a car. Right before I graduated, I sold a car to a customer who came in probably five or six times times with his family. They were test driving every car in the world, trying to you know match what was perfect for every, every need they had, and ended up getting a job offer. From from one of uh, from that guy, and I got into IT consulting. So it got me out of the car business. I graduated college. I was like, I'm going to move on. Got into IT consulting for about two and a half years, and uh, I called actually my general manager from when I was selling cars, and I was like, Hey, I really miss automotive industry. Is there you know anything that you know of? And you know, I wanted to get back into the field. And sure enough, he referred me to Automotive Development Group, where I currently work as their training and marketing coordinator. We work with a bunch of dealers all across the nation, um, and it's just a really cool cool place to work at. I really enjoy my job. I get to be involved with multiple dealerships. I learn a heck of a lot every single day and just try to, to give back a little bit to that. So that's kind of my history. So I have probably about four to five years in the automotive industry. And that's that's kind of my background. Here we are today. That's a lot more exciting than mine. <laughs> uh, I started with a uh, organization or a company in the metro Minneapolis market. Um, I grew up in the metro, so I went away to college, um, graduate or got done with school, and uh, it was a bad time for uh, finding new jobs. So. Um, my uncle used to work in the car industry for like six months, so he was an expert. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, anyways, I ended up uh, needing to get a job to pay my student loans. So I started selling cars and really enjoyed it, fell in love with it. Um, it became what I wanted to do as a career rather than a job. So I sold cars, did finance, worked the desk, and uh, had an amazing opportunity with uh, a company that I currently work for, Automotive Development Group, um, to come on board here. And I've been with um, them for going on four years and been in the auto industry for whew, almost 10 years now. Jeez. Yeah, I'm an old-timer, apparently. Um, yeah, that's a little background about me. I'm married. I uh, live in the southern Minnesota now, away from the metro, and I've got uh, a beautiful wife and two kids. 
Well, on that note, you know, I appreciate you making the trip up, you know, because we're here at my house, actually, in northeast Minneapolis. So I live in the the city here where there's plenty of breweries on every block. You know, we in, we enjoy getting out and the sports and all the activities that you can endure in, in the inner city. So I appreciate you making the drive up from, what, like, are you, are you near Iowa or how, how far south are you? It might as well be Iowa. It's, uh, <laughs> it's a town called Owatonna. Oh, okay. Um, my wife grew up there, brought me back. Fair um, enough. Very, uh, very happy to be there. <laughs> you you recently moved, correct? Yeah, yeah just this summer. Okay. So um, I've, other than school, I've always lived in the metro market or metro area. So it's been an interesting change for me. Awesome. Well, I'm glad you're enjoying Owatonna. Maybe I have to make a trip down there. Here, do you have a pool? Is that true? That is true. Um, I like swimming, and uh, we have a pool, and we also have a soybean field to look at. So it's very exciting. If it was a corn field, that's a different, you know. Uh, maybe next year. Okay. I, I think okay. they rotate the crops. You are you are correct. Actually, my <laughs> girlfriend of ten years uh, that I live with here, we're both from Fergus Falls. We're high school sweethearts, and uh, her her family actually she grew up on a dairy farm. So when we go back to Fergus, we're, we're on the farm all the time. And I, I enjoy the small town life, driving tractors and trucks on the weekend. I don't get to do that when I'm here, but you know, when I get back home, it makes me, makes me feel a little better deep inside. <laughs> but anyway, you know, Brandon, let's kind of dive into one of our first topics here. I just wanted to, uh, to kind of dive into car business struggles and challenges that you know, a typical millennial salesperson would maybe run into. So one thing that comes to mind when I first started selling cars, I was, you know, like I said, 20 turning 21. And a couple times I would get this, this, uh, older person coming in that was looking at a specific used truck, knew, knew every detail about it, horsepower, torque, you know, all this towing and pretty much everything you need to know about a truck. And I like to call those people the Mr. Know-it-all when they come in. And me being younger... you know, The ones that have bought in 30 cars in their lifetime ex- exactly. and you don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I, think, I think we all run into it and it's a struggle because of that age difference. Because I started at the same time and I'm still, you know, in my experience, I worked at a Mercedes dealer where there were CEOs and CFOs of companies that, you know, were twice my age. But you still have to... Um, you know, they might may have bought in a bunch of cars, but this is what I do for a living. Mm-hmm. And you have to acknowledge their, you know, their expertise that they have, but at the same time, um, you know, agree with their, uh, make them, make them think they're leading or making, make, make them think that they're, that's the word I'm looking for. Make them feel like they're, they're in control, control yeah. but you're actually in control. Correct. Okay. Help them lead or lead them in the direction that you want them to go. So, uh, throw you on the spot here, Brandon. Maybe could you be a little more specific? Maybe an example, or is there anything that you know tips out there for our listeners that are struggling with this? You know, today that would help them get through that. So is there any word tracks or is there, is it more of just a communication being transparent? I don't know if there's really a word track as much as it is the the way that you handle yourself and the way that, you know, with how educated customers are, Mm -hmm. most customers already know the horsepower, the gas mileage or whatever, whatever their interest is in the car. Mm -hmm. Um, Your expertise needs to be the way that you carry yourself, the way that you handle yourself with the customer. Um, you know, don't be intimidated. You know what you're doing. You know, it's your job. 
they may have bought 30 cars in a, or 20 or 30 cars in their lifetime, but guess what? A lot of people out there sell 20 or 30 cars mm-hmm. a month. So just be confident. And yeah, just... you, you know what you're talking about. You, you're, you're the professional. You're the expert. Um, but it's also important with those customers that you need to pat their ego a little bit because if you chop them down on wood <laughs> that they don't know anything, it's not going to lead in a car deal. Yeah, you're probably not going to sell too many cars uh, yeah. a month if you, if you go all that, that avenue. That's no. for sure. Well, I guess what I kind of want to touch base on, this is, I'm kind of passionate about this, so... Yes, you are. A lot of a lot of news, every single day here, if you Google anything about automotive news, Tesla comes up almost on a daily thing for whatever the case is, right? Obviously, right now, the Model 3 is the hot topic. So, I was doing some research the past few weeks here, and actually backing up, at my last job, I was one click away from putting a deposit down for a Model 3. It's a $1,000 deposit. Is that the new Tesla that came out? That is that is the, the brand new one. It actually, last Friday, or so July 28th, was the release of the first 30 production Model 3 cars. So, now keep in mind, when I was gonna put that deposit down, that was a year and a half to two years ago, and they're just getting the first 30 that were made. That's crazy. So that's a long time, right? How many deposits did they have? They had actually 373,000 deposits and only 30 so far have got a car. So that's a brilliant business model, right? So you tell these people this is coming and then you collect a thousand dollars from them. How did, how, how did they get by with that? Why did I almost do that? You know, they, they didn't have, they didn't even show anything about the car. They, so said, they said a Tesla 3 is coming. Yeah, and I was sold. That's all they had to say, and I was sold. What do you think the mystique or the draw to Tesla is? You know, being... For, being, for you, for, you know, I drive a lot, yeah. so it usually wouldn't work for me. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd probably drive 400 miles a day. Yeah. So it wouldn't work. <laughs> I suppose you do, actually. I rode with you one day, and yeah, we you're left. not lying. Yeah. <laughs> we could have we went halfway across the country just one way. Yeah. But, you know, that, that's a good question, Brandon. I would, I would have to say um, I'm, a huge, I'm a huge Apple guy. Uh, the, the fact that Tesla, not saying they're Apple-related, but when you look at the Model X or the, or the Model S, for example, you know, they have the instrument cluster behind the steering wheel. And then on the dash there in the middle, it's, it looks like it's, a, well, it's actually a 17-inch portrait big touchscreen, right? So to me, it looks so like it's a, a huge iPad. So it's the, the gadgets, the, the technology, the, te- for sure. the technology, how clean it is. The simplicity of it. Yep. So, so there you have all that. I mean, when you're walking by, every time I see one parked, I'm always like, oh, I got to go peek my head in there. And just It looks so cool. I just love the way it looks. And then the fact that it's all electric, too. Hey, that's, that's awesome. You know, as, as so for you, it's, it's not even about the, the fact that it's cleaner for the environment or anything like that. That's a side. It's, it, it, it's, it's not a bonus. A, it's, it's a bonus it's a on bonus. top of how cool the car is Correct. as a whole. Because the fact that they actually make all-wheel drive ones and they're still fast as hell. Like, that's the point that's really cool. And if you get a big enough battery, they can go far. So the things that stopped me from putting that deposit down, though, was not knowing what the inside was going to look like. That's where you spend all your time when you're driving a car is inside the car. So when they had the initial deposit, did they show the outside of it? They showed the outside, and that was it. Okay. That was it. So at least you knew what the outside was looking at. You, were, you weren't just 
putting a thousand dollars on a onto nothing. Okay. But on top of that, you didn't know if it's going to be rear wheel drive, if it's going to be all wheel drive, if it's going to be front wheel drive. You had no idea. Okay. You had no idea. Are what these initial ones? Are they all wheel drive? Rear wheel drive. Rear wheel. So drive. the first thirty were rear wheel drive, okay. and they actually now just released um, last Friday on, on July twenty eighth when they did the release. They, Elon Musk said, there's two different options for the Model Three. There is two, which which by that it's two battery packs. So there's one, the standard one, that the thirty five thousand dollar battery pack comes with a fifty kilowatt, and it goes two hundred and twenty miles. That's the range that they're advertising. There is an option for the long range. It's about nine thousand dollars more for the bigger battery pack. So forty four thousand for this one, still rear wheel drive, but you get about ninety miles more. So in total, a three hundred and ten mile range for that Tesla. But to your point. On the release two week or a week and a half ago, it was just the standard, the low range, 220 mile Tesla Model 3 and its rear wheel drive. Now keep in mind, these people don't get to choose which one they get. They have a deposit down. It's kind of first come first serve. Hey, this is the car that's available. This is what you're getting. Take it or leave it essentially is what's happening. That's just crazy to me that they can do that. that like, And people will take it. And they Everyone's don't, they don't care. super excited. Yeah. To me, I want an all-wheel drive and the long range. That's you know, that's my opinion personally. But you, you know, put a thousand-dollar deposit down, they might tell you you get the front or the rear-wheel drive, two hundred and ten-mile one. Exactly. And you got no choice because you can't say no because otherwise you go back to the line. Mm-hmm. And then you could wait another year, two years. Are I mean, they, who are they ramping up the production? Yeah. So uh, that's another good question, Brandon. When I was doing the research, it looks like. They made the first hundred, so they they still have seventy they haven't released. But they made a hundred in August, and in September their goal is to make a hundred and or a thousand and five hundred, so fifteen hundred, and then they're going to ramp up to twenty thousand Model Threes per month in December of twenty seventeen. That's what he's saying. That's insane. That's a huge ramp up. But at the same point. Elon Musk was saying, if you were to order, put a deposit down today for a Model 3, you can expect to receive your Model 3 at the end of 2018 or beginning of 2019. So, if you need a car now, probably not a good option to go. <laughs> that's 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 my, my thought. But if you order a Model S or an X, now keep in mind, you're going to pay an extra sixty dollars to $100,000 more. It'll only take a month or two. So he's trying to drive that traffic to buy the more expensive cars. And then that. Well, obviously, there's no sales staff or overhead or anything. So he's exactly profit. It's all profit. And that profit they make from the Model S and the Model X, Brandon, actually lets them build the Model 3s and sell the Model 3s. So without without those two. They, so like a loss leader in most most places. Correct. Exactly. So that's, you know, I guess. We can just wait and see what happens now that they're going to start releasing every month. There's going to be more and more on the road. Uh, another thing Elon Musk pr- promised during the release was by the end of 2018, so by the end of next year, there's going to be three times the amount of supercharger stations in America. Is that? Do you think that's what's holding back most people is the charging stations? That's a good question. I mean, it kind of depends where you live, You know what your driving habits are. Do you go on long road trips because... You know they've done it where they drive from LA to New York, and you, you know you can do it, but obviously you gotta plan accordingly. And one of the, within the technology, there's obviously the super charger stations within the app, so it can bring you, it can map out your trip and everything, so you can plan accordingly. But 
I mean, it takes, it takes an hour and a half to fully charge your car. So when you're pulling over, you're going to sit. What are you going to do for an hour and a half? Just sit there and wait? Especially if you have kids. Exactly. What, what's, what's that look like? Now, on the brighter my, side, it takes my three year, My three-year-old would burn the place down. <laughs> That's true. I wouldn't know that. I don't have kids. <laughs> but at the same time, it can charge over 75% of the battery in about 45 minutes. So that can bring you a lot, you know, a lot of the way. And then charging overnight at your house is obviously the other option to do. But anyway, you know, I'm pretty excited about Tesla. I'm excited to see what happens here over the next few months. Um, I, you know, I guess I kind of forgot to say, too, they finally released what the interior looks like on the Model 3. And instead of being a 17-inch portrait like the more expensive Teslas, they actually have a 15-inch same kind of touchscreen, but it's in landscape mode, so it's sideways in the middle. They have no instrumental cluster. So everything is done on that one touchscreen in the middle. This, the speedometer and speed of it is in the top left corner. You have Google Maps kind of there in the background, and then on the right side, your radio stations and XM and things like that. And there has been some hype around that they might come out with a new Tesla Tune subscription. Hmm. I don't know. There's not much out there for research or anything, but that's, that's another option that, that they could go out and, you know, they could get a lot more money. Because if you're buying, say, an $80,000 Tesla or even, you know, the base model $35,000 one, would you pay an extra 20 bucks a month to have a subscription right there in your car? You don't have to Bluetooth or anything. It's just right there in your screen. I'm sure there's people. Oh, absolutely. If you're spending that much money. Exactly. Exactly. So, so Brandon, what else do we have on the table today? Um, so, Grant, I was reading in automotive news the other day about the different hiring that needs to happen in car dealerships nowadays um, based on the different needs of the dealership along with the different type of employees. Okay. So one of the things was that they mentioned in the article was about how a GM doesn't want to spend hours poring over the performance of his of his website. Okay. Which I, I think a lot of the dealers that I know wouldn't want to do the, do that either. Um, I mean, they should be in front of the customers. They should be in front of the customers. Yeah. Bigger picture stuff, right? They mm-hmm. need to be you know a high level overview, not the details on why people aren't clicking on X car. Right? I, I would agree with that. So. They, they're talking about how they need to create a position or how this this GM created an e-commerce coordinator, really? which I thought was brilliant, right? So what so, does that entail? So it's someone that handles your the performance of your website, you know, the performance of your uh, Google, Google Analytics. Analytics. Okay. Um, but, you know, it's college-educated people or even people that don't have a college education but are familiar with and have a great... Uh, aptitude for you know the internet and website web designing technology so i thought it was really interesting because i remember when i you know i'm probably on the probably higher side of the millennial i mean that wasn't even a thought process when i started back Mm -hmm. in 2007 Mm -hmm. so um you know it's been just the what dealers have had had to or needed to hire for has just changed. So it's creating more job opportunities in our industry for the people that are you know college educated. The car business changed so much that it's not the people that are you know selling cars because they have to. It's I mean there's people that are going to school and they're getting jobs that they're actually working in the field that they studied for. You know there's project management jobs that are becoming available. I mean, did you read that part too? Yeah. So actually, and this all starts in the top, you know, from the dealer principal, obviously, if you, if you get some younger, younger kids in there or recent college grads, 
and they come in and want to make some change, I mean, the top's got to buy in first. So, you know, these dealers have to be willing to adapt to change. Um, but I, I agree with that. Ha- starting new positions and getting over the fact that they can't do it the way they've done it the past 30 years. I mean, you have to be in an environment where you're willing to change and adapt to new technology and new ways of doing it. And within that, I actually saw, I, I thought was pretty cool that instead of advertising for a new service advisor position, they're calling them project managers because essentially that's what they're doing. They're managing all the book of business here for all the technicians that are in the back. I think that's genius calling it, you know, it's project manager. It it could be even a better job description just in the title. You're you're, you're spot on. Absolutely. So I think that's, you know, that's going a great route, focusing more on digital marketing because we all know, like, like you're sitting on your phone right now. You're probably on Facebook, right? You're on are you, are you Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Regardless, marketing that way. I'm 31. I'm responding to emails. Oh, you're emailing on the phone. You're not, you're not even texting or anything? Okay. No. iMessaging. iMessage. Uh, <laughs> Facebook messaging right now. Wiffy. I'm on your Wiffy. <laughs> no, I'm not, I'm not as up to date with the technology as you are. All right. Fair enough. Well, you know, in that article that you're referring to... You know, there was an 18-year-old kid that started off as a service porter at a dealership, super passionate about technology and computers, was building computers as a teenager, even younger. And when he started as a service porter, he saw the opportunity at the dealership to, to start taking advantage of, of those type of things. And he loved, he loved the digital marketing. He loved knowing you know, what is being good for the dealership, how they're spending their money, what, you know, what's being a waste, what vendors are good. And, uh, you know, it's really funny. My dog, Arthur, here is drinking out of his water bowl right behind us. And it is loud, man. Like, <laughs> Arthur, can you just be quiet a little bit over there? Let's take a second until he finishes that. We can all enjoy listening to Arthur. Anyway, Brandon. Dude, you didn't even finish your bones and you're just doing the water. Just doing work on that bowl. But, you know, regardless, he, he essentially, this 18-year-old kid that started as a service porter, he's about 22 years old now, and he created a new role at the dealership because they saw how passionate he was. They saw the things he was doing was helping change the dealership, how they were spending their money, how they were saving money, and how they were getting more out of the money they were spending just by being more digital savvy. I think that's genius. And that's at the same point, all these dealer principles have to adapt and they have to be willing to accept this, you know, creating new roles or changing titles, job titles and job descriptions. And not to to mention the fact that if you're going to stay and be a traditional dealer, you're going to lose that, uh, the minds that are the, the talent that's going to bring those new ideas and, um, really make you successful for you know the next generation of car buyers. Yeah, I I would have to agree. So it's it's either you you hop on the on the bus or you're gonna get shut down. You're gonna run out of business and you won't last much longer. Looks like that's all we have for today. Make sure you guys check us out on Facebook and Twitter at Cars News Brews, or even give us an email at carsnewsbrews at gmail.com. Thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, this has been our first episode of Car New- Cars, News, and Brews. Um, I'm Brandon Lubick. Grant Targerson. And we will uh, talk to you guys next week. Sounds good. We'll see you later.